Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. And for the latest updates and information, you can find me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can find my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. This college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on November 22nd, 2022. Here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for a primer and explanation of what's going on with the model or our goals are for this channel. Otherwise, the goals of this episode are to share key information about these games, give you some things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. Remember that Sideline has graded plays in every single game, but as always, take what you like and leave the rest. A, a way to think about it, I explain this on the College Football Show, the A-grade plays are the ones where the model's trying to push you hard. If you don't like it, don't do it, but it's giving you a nudge. If you're kind of thinking that way, jump right in. The B-picks are a little bit of a push, right? The C-picks are just a little tap, right? So just to, it's just kind of giving you some guidance right on those Sideline picks, but as always... If you have questions about these games or other ones, the best place to get an answer is on the Discord, which can be accessed through Patreon. The link is in the show description. And Jake, we got a lot of tournament games. A lot of games we don't have lines on right now. And so the Discord is a great place to be right about now because I will put picks up uh, in the sheet in the the morning. So you're watching this. It may already be up there. It may be coming shortly. Uh, I'll have picks on all these tournament games and projections out, but the Discord's a good place to be like, hey, the model said this, what do you think about this? Uh, we actually had that today. We had a couple of people asking in the yeah. Discord about the two early games, actually, and uh, the direction about the line was moving, and and we all kind of, as a consensus group, were kind of steering people in the direction both early game winners. I mean, a lot yeah. of good stuff happening on that Discord. I mean, there's tons of winners giving it out in there. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, a, it's worth being into. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, remember there are no locks in gambling. So what Silent provides are loves, likes, and leans at his A, B, and C grades indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. However, please understand good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, the, the model continuing to do well here yeah. on uh, Monday. I mentioned this before. It does well in college basketball early on. And then it goes more ups and downs throughout the regular season. And that's where we're going to try to figure out how to keep it more ups and downs. But early on, it's, I kind of yeah. feel like early on, you just blind back. And I don't mean that like literally, but I mean, if you're going to blind back these the model picks early on in the season, it's, it continues to do well in college basketball. It sees things adjust to things on average, not every game. Like there's some massive misses, right? But on average, it does a pretty good job uh, of figuring out which sides to be on here early in the season. It seems yeah. like. Yeah, just like we talked about yesterday, with it told us to lay the thirty-one with Iowa, and I mean, right. they, they won by thirty-four or something like that. It mm-hmm. could have been a lot more if they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I, I mentioned, I gave everyone a little nugget, right? I said, hey, if the model says go over a large number, just do it. And the, the Iowa game hit the over as well. So I mean, uh, lots of lots of good things from the model. Yeah, yeah, it's doing amazing right now. I just like I, I mentioned this on Discord. I just can't wait for someone someday in the chat to be like you don't even know anything about this model or something as if I wasn't the one who built the, <laughs> built the thing myself. It's coming. I know it. I can't wait. I'm so excited for that. Did it at some point, somebody will. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get to today's slight some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball, MLB or college football content that this channel provides. And I mentioned that Patreon. Check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found there above and beyond what's happening here. Membership starts at just $3 per month. Gets you the plays of the day. Five bucks a month gets you the Discord. And then $10 and $15 gets you early access to picks and projections before the lines move. I, I tweeted about this on Monday's picks of the 30 
A and B grade picks that I made. I think four of them went against me in 26 moved the direction I did. So the earlier you can get them, the better. Yes. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not going to always matter, but I, I know it's a sore spot, Jake. I'm sorry we have to bring it up, but Utah was a great example of that, right? We locked in four. Later on, it's four and a half. They win by four, right? I mean, that's it so doesn't happen good. often, but every time you can get that extra half point, that point, it's like sometimes it ain't going to matter, and sometimes it will. Uh, the frustrating part about that, of course, is Utah should have won that game by 20. Oh, they, they were ahead by, what was it, 23 19, to 4? Yeah. yeah, they were 19 early, 23 to 4. And Stupid. And ha- handed the ball away. Just like, literally, I don't need this. Literally, uh, you know, almost 30 turnovers in the game. Um, how – it's still one. How – I'm just curious how, how you handle that. I, I, the model has ways it's looking at that as well, of course. But how do you look at something like that? Because – I never. I always want to tell people: look at the process, look at the way the game played out. Don't just look at look at wins and losses because sometimes it's fluky, right? When you analyze this sort of game, like to me, I almost take away a little bit of a negative from both teams because I look at that from Georgia Tech standpoint, and maybe you can say they did a good job forcing some turnovers, right? So maybe that gives them a little bit of it, forcing turnovers is absolutely critical in college basketball, but you have a turnover heavy team like Utah and I almost look at it and ding Georgia tech a little bit and say, if they don't get lucky and or play a team that's just going to give the ball away, they're going to get run out of the gym. And I almost kind of take away a little bit from, from Utah. Cause I kind of say, I know they, I know the potential is there, but if they don't figure out how to control the ball, they aren't going to be able to handle anybody come conference play other than a couple of the, the bottom teams at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what you, I, I ding. Utah or Georgia Tech more than I do Utah, right? Mm-hmm. You get thirty extra possessions in a game, like where, whether that and they didn't, and they just, didn't throw the ball over at all, hardly. It yeah. seemed like if that's Utah just punting it out of bounds or at, you're stealing the ball, it doesn't matter if you're not turning that into at least twenty points. That's, I mean, that that's really da- dangerous. Like, and that that just really means your offense is absolutely struggling. Whether you can't fi- finish fast breaks, you're making du- or making dumb decisions, or if you're set offense, it's not getting you any looks whatsoever. I haven't had a chance to dive into like their shooting percentages and like where they shot from and stuff yet to to know. But I mean, it seems that like on the outside looking in, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of this game, but like it seems like they settled for a lot of jump shots they shouldn't have. And mm-hmm. like no man's land and things, and that's that's not going to pay off well. Like I mean, Utah, you, it's going. I mean, I'm. Hopefully, they're not going to make a habit of thirty turnovers in a game. Um, and say I, 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 miss, I misspoke. I misspoke. Almost thirty. Almost twenty. Not almost thirty. Sorry. So that, that nineteen. I misspoke on that. Yeah. Right. Still very terrible. It doesn't really it's matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, still either way. I'm going to assume that that's not more a habit they're going to get into. And well, so they, they were. I think they were. I think the announcer said they were averaging 11 a game coming in, which is also very bad. And it's like, you, you got worse, you know, and, and a credit, credit to Utah down the stretch. I believe they had 18 turnovers uh, with about 10 minutes to go in the game. So they only turned the ball over once more. It's just one of those things where it's like, that's what you got to see more of, right? You, you got to see a little bit less of the like carelessness. And it was just some, it was a lot of bad, terrible passes to, to me. And, and not every turnover necessarily, but there were a lot of them that I, I didn't feel like Georgia Tech really forced it. It really felt more like an unforced error for a lot of those turnovers. And like you said, you just gave Georgia Tech extra possessions. That's why they got back in the game. But yeah, in general, having all those extra possessions, you know, if you hadn't have dug yourself in such a hole in the first, whatever that was, five, 10 minutes, yeah. they would they would have won that game because Utah would have handed it to them, you know? 
but that that also seems a lot of what happens under Passner anyway. Uh, mm. Winnable games go the wrong way, mm. and he never mm. beats anybody he shouldn't. Uh, mm. But so it's I think a little bit of indictment on him. But mm. it's yep. like, yep. like I say with Utah, like I'm going to assume that's not going to be a habit. So I don't want to ding them too much for a bad game. Now, if that starts to become a habit, and that average goes from like 11 to 15 and stays around there, then that's when you start to want to start digging them. But you got to, yeah. like, we're talking about variance. You got to give, give them a yeah. chance to have that one bad game. Yeah. Well, like I said 11 is not great. If, if it's 11, you can kind of, you can live with that. You know, you yeah. want single digits, right? But you can at least live with 11. But 11 still not good. And yeah, go in the other direction. If it's 11, now it's going up. That's a bad trend. So absolutely, it's it's uh, tough. And 11 is, of course, a small sample size. So we don't want to dive too much into that. But yeah, it, it, a wild game there. Uh, anyway, we'll get to the games here. All lines courtesy about online. Sign up link in the show description and current as the time of this recording on Monday night. Jake, the A-plus play of the day, a lot of A-grade plays already in the picks, especially given that we weren't able to make picks on about half the games because of all the tournament games. But the model liked a lot of things early on here for the best one, the A-plus one in your mind, Southern Indiana at St. Bonaventure. Sideline says this should be uh, St. Bonaventure by a little over 10. Uh, I locked in eight and a half. It's actually gotten a little bit better for you. The number as of right now that you're able to lock in is seven and a half. Uh, so even even better if, if you're watching this now, St. Bonaventure minus seven and a half. Jake, why is that your A-plus play of the day? Like this year's Bonnies are not nothing like last year's. Yeah. One, they don't have hardly any of the same players. Any Literally players. almost all, like all the guys you play basically are gone. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say they're running the seven-man rotation instead of the four-man instead of five last year. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that was just wild. Uh, yeah. D- Daryl Banks, uh, the third, is the main guy on the offense, and I don't know if you remember, but the St. Peter's run, he was their guy too. Mm-hmm. But he is doing a lot better in this more open, little faster-paced offense where he's averaging twenty-one, where he was averaging like thirteen with St. Peter's, um, so, and he's shooting lights out, shooting above forty percent from three. He's just making all the right decisions. Um, there's not too much of scoring help behind him, but he's got to be loving every minute of this. And he's playing almost every minute of this, which seems to be a habit that this coach is going with. And I, I don't know how sustainable this is. I'm going to say it seems like a scary thing to be doing in November, right? Like that's yeah. kind of maybe what you pull in March when you know, when you see the finish line ahead. <laughs> a little a little early for that, but whatever, right? We don't have to care about those games. We just have to win on this game. That's all That's all we're worried about today, right? Yep. No, I'm, I meant to look into this, but his average, he's averaging 39.8 minutes. So I'm like, what well, was the 30 seconds you sat out somewhere? Also, uh, also, the, hopefully there was an overtime game somewhere in there. Yeah, so it's just, it's ridiculous, but uh, that's a different point. I mean, they got a really good freshman guard in Farrell. Uh, is having a really good year. Um, he's he's the main guy handling the ball. Uh, really doing a good job, averaging around six assists. They, um, they hit a good another good transfer uh, from Holy Cross and Cairo Luke, who's just doing very very well too. Um, he's leading the team in or not leading the team scoring. He's second in scoring with fifteen. Uh, so they've got two guys they can really go with for scoring. Uh, Southern Indiana, like, like we just talked about with Utah, uh, has some turnover problems, and that's going to be the biggest difference of this game. Um, let's say this game looking a lot more like the Notre Dame game where they lost by 12 than uh, the other games where they lost by a handful of points because St. Peter's doesn't turn the – or not St. Peter's. Uh, St. Bonaventure, <laughs> wrong St. Uh, doesn't turn the ball over that much, and they're not going to get the extra possessions. They're – a little bit deeper team than that Notre Dame team. I think they're going to be able to put a little more pressure on them and get a get ahead by ten to fifteen and just kind of stay there. 
Yeah, the, the bodies have played one overtime game, thankfully. So at least that average uh, is not just playing every single minute. He's at least at you know, a minute here and a minute there. Uh, I have to comment Southern Indiana uh, team nickname, uh, A grade in my book, the Screaming Eagles. Not just the Eagles, but the Screaming Eagles. I mean, that's an, that's an A grade uh, team name right there in my, in my, yeah. my book. Fun, fun fact that's where Bruce Pearl was killing hmm. it before he came to UT, I think. Or no, I think he went to Milwaukee and then came. But uh, either way, he won. He won a couple D two championships there, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. So and of course, in their first year now at D one, uh, we think they're going to have a rough go at it here at the Bonnie. So we like Southern. We like St. Bonaventure. Uh, I took eight and a half as an A grade, seven and a half even better. Jake, that's the number that you've locked in as the A plus play of the day. To the best B side of all the B grade picks here, the one that's jumped out to you is 5 p.m. Central. UT Martin at Arkansas State sideline says. This should be Arkansas State only by 2.4. So basically slightly more likely to win. Basically what we're saying is these two teams are about even and you just got to give a little bit of a nod to Arkansas State for playing the game at home. But otherwise, these two teams are even uh, is what the model thinks. I locked in a B grade pick with the model here at plus three minus 105. Right now it is at plus three three and a half at minus 104. So a little bit better on the odds, but getting, uh, I got the field goal. You got the field goal on the hook. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm always saying if you can get a field goal in a tight ball game, you know, you got to take the three points, right? I mean, that's, it's gambling one oh one, right? So tell us why, uh, UT Martin getting three and a half is your best B side for Tuesday. Like this, this is a perfect example. We don't have to watch it to make money. Um, this game should be nowhere near your TV. This is two bad teams going at it. Um, they've combined for one win over a D1 team between the two of them. Uh, that Ooh, was UT Martin. UT Martin over Prairie View A&M uh, by oh, one yeah. at home. Neither team here is anything good. special. Yeah. Uh, UT Martin had a good showing against Ole Miss, I guess. They lost by uh, four on the road, but that's early on and. I don't know. They have a decent trio of guards with KJ Simon, Parker Stewart, I believe was the transfer from Indiana, and Jordan Sears. And in toss-up games like this, kind of like in football, you want to go with a better quarterback, you want to go with the better guards. Um, that's typically how it goes. That's one of the reasons I like UT Martin. Arkansas State seems to struggle to score and goes long stretches without doing it. That's not a good pattern for success. I think Martin keeps us close, maybe even wins it outright. But uh, either way, it should be a tight game, but please don't watch. <laughs> it is on ESPN Plus if you have literally nothing else happening in your life, but there's probably there's probably better things I mean, to watch. I'm sure you can paint a wall to watch it dry, too. <laughs> harsh, <laughs> harsh, harsh, Jake. <laughs> to the shake and bake with Jake, the same game parlor. We're going to go to an early one, 11 a.m. Central uh, in – Texas here. We've got Northern Illinois and sorry, a Texas team, Northern Illinois and Sam Houston State. Um, Sideline says this should be Sam Houston uh, about minus 15. So it's got an A grade play on the Bearcats. We're able to uh, lay 11 points. That's the number that I locked in. And that's the number um, that it still currently is in this game. The total on this one is currently 139 and a half. Uh, Sideline says it should be 127.7. So the model at least um, likes going under in this one. This game is going to be played here uh, in Fort Myers, Florida. So it'll be an early to a noon local tip off, uh, but an early game there. Uh, Jake, what is your parlay for this one? 
look, we're going with we're going to lay the points and go under. Uh, this is uh, Northern Illinois is a bad team, and this is another huge benefit of being uh, being in this court and all, all that. Um, these are two small teams that once once the money comes in, that line's going to move. I just don't think enough money's come in yet or from the right person. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'll yeah. move very significantly towards uh, Sam Houston State. But Northern Illinois is bad. Uh, they're one and three, including a loss to a D2 school, and their only win is against a D2 school. They lost by 19 to Northwestern and 18 to Georgia Tech. Neither team is anything to ride home about. They're just very, very bad. Um, Lazarik Nutter might be their best player. He averages a double-double, but besides that, they've got nothing on the squad. They're shooting terribly, 38% from three, 28, or 38% from the floor, 28.9 from three. Uh, Sam Houston State comes in undefeated with wins on the road at Utah and Oklahoma, and we've seen that Utah's got turnover problems and that a lot of that is Sam Houston State really can force that on people because they put up, they made Utah turn over about 20 times and Oklahoma turned it over about 20 times. They are just absolutely pressure, pressure defense and just don't, they don't run a lot. They really keep the game slow. They're really slow in temple. They have a really good guard. that leads them in scoring and assists. Um, the defense is outstanding. They force about 18 and a half turnovers a game. And if you want to take that into per possession, that's uh, 27% of the, their opponent's possessions into the turnover. Uh, they keep everyone so far under 60. Uh, they've scored 120 in a game, but that was against the D2 school, and they put up 84. Laterno? Yeah, I don't know. It's a school 20 minutes away from where I played baseball in undergrad. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a French name. Probably. <laughs> New Orleans, maybe? It, no, no, it's in Texas. It's a, it, it's an engineering school, actually. So their sports teams usually aren't great. Uh, it, almost kind of like what we see at the upper levels with a, a Notre Dame or a Stanford or some of these places having the higher academic requirements makes it a little bit tougher, not impossible, but tougher to compete. So same sort of thing. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty good academic school. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they they played a decent game, but I mean, it wasn't too too much of a blowout. But um, like I said, they scored eighty four. Other than that, they've been in. <clears throat> the low 60s or upper 50s. I don't see them wanting to get too much above that. I think this game ends up real close to where the side, where sideline has it with when the 120s range rather than up close to 140. I'm it's not a, sure where that number is coming No, from. sorry, I, I misspoke. 128. I looked at the wrong row. One, 128 is the number we're going under. Uh, but I, I like this under as well. Uh, like I mentioned yesterday, anytime the model gives you a high number, go with the over anytime it gives you a low number go with the under un- unless it's so far away like if if the to me if the model says uh, you know 155 and the total's 160 it's like ah, i kind of just leave that alone i, I don't want to mess with that right but if it says 160 and the total's 160 i'm going over right and the same thing here when you get to the lower end if the model says 125 and the total's 120 that's ah, probably too much for me but if it says 125 and and the total's 125 i want to go under that's what happened here uh you know we're projecting a total under 130 under 120 and 128 seems high you kind of laid it out, but I'm going to summarize what you just said more or less here. If you ignore the D2 games, here are the total number of points scored in these games. You had uh, 63-46, that's 109. You had 68-50, that's 118. You had 52-51, that's 103. You had 65-55, that's 120. That one, I mean, it's, getting to 130 seems impossible with these two teams. Um, and, and I think in this case, it, we talk about which side – whether whether the under or the 
over is correlated with the favorite of the dog. It kind of depends on the way the game's set up, who wants to control it or whatever. But this feels like game, and we, we just missed the over with Arkansas here um, on on Monday. But it feels like the same sort of setup where Sam Houston's going to pressure, get turnovers, get a big lead, and then just put the game to sleep. And they really want to do that even more than Arkansas you know, want to do that. That was kind of just a, a, a lazy game with the blowout there at the end. But um, this is what Sam Houston wants to do. So if they get up like we think they will, uh, they're, you know, 15, that second half, they are not going to be running and gunning. They're just going to, you know, basically take the air out of the ball. Uh, yeah. more or less. So in this case, I think that the laying the points in the under actually is correlated um, because there's a decent chance that Northern Illinois scores like 50 points in this game. And if they only score 50 points, Sam Houston's probably not going to get to 80. Yeah. I, I don't think they want to get to 80. I think the 80s were happy accidents. Um, yeah. D, D2 school, D2 wins. Like I, I think they, they're much, I think up 70 is about the highest they want to go really. Yeah. All right, so for our parlay here, we're going to go same Houston State minus 11 and under 128. So the must-see TV game, uh, I mentioned this at the top, there are a lot of really great tournament games. Jake, the one you and I were discussing, Creighton, Arkansas, I think is the And that's going to be a blast. Yeah. Uh, just eyeballing it right now, the model's probably going to say about a pick them. I don't know what the line will be. Um, again, we'll have a pick on that. Uh, you know, when we have a line on it later on, whether again, if you're watching this uh, late night Monday, then tomorrow, if you're watching Tuesday, you can already be out there. That game specifically, neither. There's a lot of good big tournament games. We don't have lines on them yet. So, of the ones we do have lines on, we're going to turn to Liberty and Northwestern, 730 Central for this one. Uh, I was able to lock in Liberty plus three as an A grade play. It's still at three. Sideline says this should be Northwestern minus one, that they should only be a one-point favorite, not a three-point favorite. Basically, it's being treated as if Northwestern is a neutral neutral court game, so it's being treated as if Northwestern is the better team, clearly, over Liberty. But the model's saying, and eh, I think these two teams are about the same. Grab the three points, or equivalently grab the, the plus odds on the money line. Makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, it, Jake, give us your breakdown for this one. Yeah, so the reason this one should be on your TV and stuff, you've got a, a fun duel between opposing guards with Darius McGee and uh, Boo Booey. Um, there's just two really good. Really also, an A grade name, by the by the way, yeah. Boo Booey. Oh, it's an incredible name. Uh, I feel like Northwestern just always has great names, like whether it's football or basketball or whatever, because I think they had Trayvon Blewett for a minute too. And that's <laughs> great name. Also good. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, Darius McGee. Very, very good. Shoots the ball incredibly well. He's got a little bit of help than Pebbles, which is another great name. Uh, yeah. Is like the other option they have. And he's really hot from three. Not that he shoots a ton of them, but he's hitting that sixty-one percent, which is hard to do in an open gym sometimes. Yeah, it's just he's very good. And then Boo Boo is just a great player in his own right. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. He's the main scorer and has really stepped up since Pete Nance left and Ryan Young left. He's kind of really had it thrust upon him and he stepped up and made the challenge. I, I know Northwestern's 4-0 right now, but they really have not played anybody of value. I mean, Georgetown being their best win, that's not saying much. I think this team... Well, and just real quick on Georgetown, what I'll say about that win is Georgetown is a team that's looked great for about half of every game they've played, and they've looked terrible for the other half. I mean, uh, they finally kind of, at least this last game, held on a little bit better at the end, but I mean, they... Got up big and then started blowing it again. I mean, that's like, yeah, if that's their best win, it's like, yeah, but Georgia hasn't really put it together yet this year. I'm not really taking much stock from that one. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, this should be, I think, a very tight affair going back and forth, and uh, I don't think either team's going to be able to pull away, so I'm going to take the points with Liberty. Just oh. it's better to have that in a toss-up than not. Yeah, absolutely. Or, again, same thing, money line. It's probably yeah. pretty equivalent with regards to that translation. Same idea being taking the plus odds and saying, don't know what's going to happen. It's going to hit 50-ish percent of the time, forty upper 40s, and at plus, you know, whatever, the plus 120, plus 130, whatever number you can get, that'll be worth it, or grabbing the three points. Either way, you like to play it, whatever your preferences are both great picks in our opinion here uh for our our must-see tv game again tournaments aside uh or middle games this is a tournament this isn't in cancun but middle games of the tournaments with their tbd right uh as of this recording uh and then to the overtime segment here one last game to squeeze in before we sign off 6 p.m central umbc at unc greensboro sideline says that this one should be unc greensboro at home by 11 the current number out there is 13 and a half that was able to be locked in as an a grade play excuse me it's up to 14 and a half i locked in 13 and a half you're getting 14 after you're getting extra point of value there uh jake tell us why you like umbc getting 14 and a half points on the road at unc greensboro like i think i can count on one hand the amount of teams that unc greensboro should be laying 14 and a half with even at home um, they've got two guys in double digits and with kennedy and langley and they lead in almost every possible team statistic besides blocks because they're, sh- they're guards. Um, <laughs> Langley is shooting uh, 25% for the free throw line, and he's the main ball handler. That is not something you want, especially in any game where, where free throws might be making some sort of a difference. Um, it's just you don't want that. Uh, UNBC is like it's not a good team by any stretch. Uh, but they've got a little more depth than this UNC Greensboro team, and, and they're hitting their free throws at 81.5%, which could make a big difference in this game. Uh, they're running like a 7.5 man rotation and only turning the ball over nine times, so there's not a lot of extra possessions given away. Um, and it's not like any of the teams UNBC has been va- vastly different than this UNC Greensboro team uh, and talent-wise. I think this is more of a play on – that UNC Greensboro is not this, as good as what they're having to lay here at home than it is on UNBC being able to cover. But I just – I can't – I don't really understand what's going on here with such a big number for UNC Greensboro. Yeah, IUPUI, Delaware State, Mississippi Valley State, Florida A&M, right? The, yeah. Maybe those four, you know, yeah. sure. They maybe can, they can one more in there. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or, or one of those like in a week, in a week or two come back and there'll be one of those teams at the bottom that will kind of have – really dropped off right but uh yeah not a great team laying uh, such a big nearly 14 and a half i mean uh is a big number we have seen uh early on talked about this some bigger blowouts but a lot of times those are happening with those bottom bottom teams and again umbc isn't great but you know kim palm has them ranked 300th and that's kind of about right you know pretty bad but they're not in that they're 363 teams they're not in that bottom group that's just terrible they're the type of team that's going to lose by 20 when they're playing the really good teams but kind of like you're saying unc greensboro you know solid but not that good they're, they're yeah. not in that that tier that they they should be able to clock a, a team like this yeah yeah it's i mean i don't know that really that because to cover this what they'd have to be up to 20 22 ish at, at certain points in the game and i, I don't see them doing that I, I don't i don't know where the offense would come from yeah yeah, it, 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 a, a solid team, but a team that also wants to slow it down uh, and a team that's better defensively than offensively. And that's just yeah. 
it's not impossible. It's just not a great combo. Again, there's no locks in gambling, right? So this is an A grade play, but the A grade plays, I think they're around 57% or something, which is fantastic. Uh, there's still 43% of them lose, right? So that's that's gambling, right? We all we all are aware of that. Um, but yeah, it's just it's hard to see a team that's going this slow, that's better defensively than offensively, winning by a big number. It's like it's like everything has to go right for them, and, and it could. They could just hit a bunch of shots, and UMBC just go ice cold. Uh, but UNC Greensboro, I think their strength is going to be more exemplified in hanging in with teams better than them, hanging in with, with those top 100 teams because they're going to slow it down, limit the possessions, play solid defense, and they're going to lose by, you know, I don't know if they play them. I'm assuming they'll play, you know, Duke later on or something yeah. or North Carolina or whatever these teams are. Virginia, right? They're going to play those teams, and they're going to, like, only lose by, like, seven. Everyone's going to be surprised. It's like they're going to – put a scare into one of these teams because of the, that, that that's their, their wow moment, not blowing out teams. Cause that's not really what they're built to yeah. do. At least that's our perception. Of them. So, yeah, so yeah, we like grabbing. Good point. Like yeah. So we like grabbing all, all these points with UMBC. Sorry. Say that again. Yeah. I was just saying they're more built for hanging in there. Like, I mean, think about when Virginia plays some of these teams, they don't really blow the doors off scoring wise, or at least in the past, this team might be a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, this team might. It's kind of yeah. scary. Yeah. They, they, can dominate a game and win it by 12 and you're you'll look up at the end of the games like how do you only win that by 12 you you should have been ahead by 30 and i think right. that unc greensboro is going to be hanging in games they shouldn't because of how they play or, or sometimes i feel like with virginia i watch it and i feel like they never make me feel comfortable but they never make me feel scared either. they're like they're like perfectly happy just playing with like an eight point lead the whole game and it's like yeah. How do I feel comfortable with just like, I, but they don't, this other team's hanging in there, but they, but I also am like, but they still don't have a chance. They're, they're not, they're not going to make this comeback. Right. And that's kind of the similar mold that they're, they're, they're lying yep. here with the better defense, worse offense, slow it down, that sort of game. So again, we love grabbing all those points with UMBC. Jake, you're officially getting 14 and a half. Those are the games we're covering here. Again, a reminder, hit us up on the discord for questions about all the tournament games and have lines as of yet. Jake, any parting words before we sign off? No, no, this is uh, this is great. We get just a bit of a taste here with uh, Creighton and Arkansas, and uh, I think even that Louisville Texas Tech game could be fun to watch. So we're getting it's getting into the big name games, especially around closer to Thanksgiving and right after that, when that Phil Knight Classic Legacy, whatever it's called, gets going. That's got a lot of good names in it. This is going to be a great time of year for a minute here. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. Back in tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>